0: Hello and welcome to Matt is Confused. This is Matt and this week's episode is about something that has long confused the shit out of me. But after talking to this week's guest, I'm thoroughly unconfused. And for that, I am grateful. This week's guest does have a name and his name is Dale Barron. Dale wrote a book called It Came From Something Awful, How a Toxic Troll Army Accidentally Memed Donald Trump Into Office. It's about 4chan and 8chan and the entire weird, fucked-up subculture that um, gave rise to it. Disillusioned, lonely, angry, youngish white men who had a place to now congregate and be lonely and angry and disillusioned together. Not so surprisingly... That didn't take long to metastasize into something extremely hateful and dark. Um, it became a gathering place of white nationalists and incels. And, you know, in many ways, it's something that I wish I could ignore, but it is something that feels very prominent in culture, which is what made me pick up the book to try to understand it. The book is amazing. Talking to Dale was even more amazing. Thank you, Dale, for your time. Uh, we go through it we really well he makes sense of it for me answering my questions uh which i deeply appreciate and i'm very happy that i can share this episode with you i've been wanting to understand this shit for a while and now i feel like i do feel fucking great uh so here's my conversation with dale Barron, author of it came from something awful thanks for listening okay
1: Uh, yeah, I work as a writer and a uh, cartoonist for a long time. Before that, I um, started as an uh, internet cartoonist doing a webcomic. Uh, I was writing fiction, cartoons, sort of things like that, but also essays on Medium and other places. And uh, I wrote one on the alt-right in 2016, kind of right before everyone really knew about it, or I was maybe, like, ahead of the curve a month or two or something. Right. <laughs> uh, people liked like the essay, I'd explained their origins, their origins online and in 4chan and things like that. Um, And then uh, I wrote a longer book about the same subject because people wanted to know more about that topic, particularly as it metastasized uh, over the next few years into into something that didn't really go away.
0: For sure. Yeah. And the book is it, uh, it came from Something Awful. That's the title, right?
1: Yes, right. I should be mentioning the title. I should be plugging it. <laughs> <the laughs> yeah, I'm you. trying to help you, you out here. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sell some copies. Uh yeah, I mean, for everyone listening, definitely read it uh regardless of what you're about to hear because the book is amazing and I and I kind of want to like go through it the way you go through it, which is you kind of give like a little bit of a or a good chunk of the book is sort of a history of like before it even becomes the thing that i had heard of which is the 4chan like i i remember when i first heard of 4chan i was like i don't even know what that is and then not until 8chan did i even start to even really understand like at all so there's this groundswell though and it sort of came from anime in japan is that right
1: uh yeah so right i i trace the origins through american counterculture um so when i first discovered 4chan or learned about 4chan when it was just starting around 2004 2005 um though it was founded at the end of 2003 uh it was very strange Was sort of just a website that was peculiar that was anime themed manga themed uh but it quickly kind of just swelled into this huge one of the largest sites online in the next few years uh i know it became a cultural phenomenon so the book tries to answer, well, how does that fit into, well, why did that happen? And so I had to kind of think about, well, well what was this counterculture and wh- what was counterculture before it and afterwards. Um, but yeah, it, it was founded in this, uh, kind of a, a celebration of escapism a celebration of sort of just dropping out, living on the internet, living, watching manga and, uh, uh, and watching anime or reading manga, watching anime all day, uh, what's called a Takuism in Japan. So it was really sort of a dropout culture at first that was very nihilistic, right. and it and, and and it held on to that, of course, through the years. So it's still nihilistic.
0: Mm-hmm. The the nihilism you sort of trace that in an interesting way, almost from that's the counterculture of the '70s into this sort of cynicism of the '90s hackers up into this nihilism. These uh, to use the term that. Is often associated with fortune trolls, like this troll culture, and and I found that super interesting. That, that sort of line that you that you trace, because because I think for me when I think of, and I think this is true of, of a lot of people on the left, at least like when Trump came along and when that whole sort of counterculture vibe of of what came with it came along, to me, it came out of nowhere, right? Like to sure. me, I didn't know about it at all until basically everyone knew about it. And at that point, a lot of us in, uh, 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 were just like, "What the f- fuck is this?" It was already this, it was <laughs> right. it was already a tidal wave, and none of us had even known it was it was it was a small like uh, small wave, just sort of. It, we didn't even it wasn't even on our radar at all. But but I think it's interesting the way you sort of track it. Can Can you talk a little bit about that sort of like how it came even into being at all before 4chan, all of that.
1: Sure, yeah. And I, I think it kind of surprised everyone. Even the people on 4chan were surprised that, the, that this movement grew out of it and grew so large. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, it. So I, I try and track um, how 4chan became a countercultural phenomenon before the alt-right stuff grew out of it, which was much later on in 2014. Um, so this idea that In the 60s and 70s, counterculture was um, based on this idea of like a radical leftist change and the idea that like, oh, well, um, life is um, uh, sort of what society offers is very unsatisfying in terms of like um, uh, possibilities for, uh, you know, uh, adequate or, or sort of fulfilling work or adequate housing, stuff like that. And it was also uh, there was this rebellion against escapism, against sort of like this idea that people will be kind of caught in false technological uh, worlds and sort of like f- um, using uh, products to uh, as, as escapism is sort of to like um, uh, uh, feed the void of their unhappiness through through that that means. Right. Uh, but by the 70s, a lot of that stuff had been co-opted by. Um, uh, by the mainstream culture and so counterculture kind of became you know there was punk and this idea that like oh well we're just gonna kind of be so filthy and disgusting that we're just gonna be unco-optable but that got co-opted yeah uh, and so by the 80s and 90s when there was this explosion of uh, marketing and more and uh, uh, products uh, that were marketed to young children and like escapist worlds and, and more uh, fantasy and TV than ever um, by th- That meant that by the 90s, sort of youth culture was really about like this hyper nihilism that was like, oh, we're going to be so um, uh, nihilistic and uncaring that you can't co-opt it, that there's there's nothing to steal. There's nothing inside our hearts, so you can't really take it. And we're going to be so indifferent because all of these different marketing strategies and value systems are sort of tugging at us at the same time. So we're just going to be just totally indifferent to it all. And that was the internet culture of the late 90s, what I called the something awful, 90s nihilistic culture. So there was this other website that Fortune grew out of called something awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's really kind of, Fortune inherited that idea that we're just going to then drop out um, and hang out on the internet. And what happened over the next decade um, was that Prospects got worse for young people. All of those problems just got worse. Sort of the access to adequate housing or fulfilling jobs or getting your own apartment or all of that. Or, you know, how, uh, education, right? It just, yeah. uh, they, they were more economically on the bottom than ever. And then the other half was that these escapist green worlds just kept expanding, they exploded, that it was even easier to drop out and live on the internet. Um, right. So that culture expanded. And it really, what happened was that by... 2012, 2013, it had already sort of gone through a few cycles, and the idea was that where do we go from nihilism? It's sort of like hit rock bottom, and you're like, we've been people had been on the site for like ten years, and right. they're like, my life hasn't changed, um, and that that created this weird swing to the far right, where they begin in their sort of hopelessness to say, okay, well, maybe. Uh, maybe uh, my life hasn't worked out because like the modern world and all of society is, is uh, so disgusting and we need to discard it. Um, and so all of these fascist ideas for a variety of reasons became deeply appealing to them. They sort of found solidarity in race thinking because it was like, they were so alienated and isolated and they were so humiliated that they found sort of that last vestige was like, Oh, well, I'll be proud. They needed it pride. So they sort of discovered it in there in their whiteness, um, naively. Uh, and then, um, they felt like, oh, well, um, like I'm also dissipated. I sort of like, I'm, I don't have any value system. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. So they kind of clung like a lifeline to like a hyper traditionalist conservative viewpoint. It became this sort of protective bubble for them against this idea that they were just like, in their uh, parents' basement, like, consuming pornography all day. So, right, so right, they, right. Yeah, so, weirdly enough, uh, 4chan became one of these uh, starting points for this res- fascist resurgence that we saw in, like, 2015, 2016.
0: Right, and and the appeal uh, in <clears> the <throat> first place of a, of a site like 4chan, from what I understand, from what I can gather, it's that you can actually be anonymous on there. You don't need to sign up. There's no account. You can just... Is that right, like is that why that sort of fomented and became the place for this kind of this kind of thinking?
1: It was one of the reasons, yeah, I guess to describe what fortune is to people yeah. who don't know um it's essentially a message board system um and it was and it's a little different it was a little different in its time because it uh uh was anonymous, so you didn't have to sign up for a user account, which meant that people could behave really badly that's essentially uh what it came down to (laughs) that um uh it was very tolerant in terms of what content uh it would allow um and was very because it was run by teenagers essentially so there was very lax moderation so it was really kind of considered the the dark underbelly of the internet or sort of the, the the sludge at the bottom for a long time um but in that, it was also sort of deeply creative. So it's where the internet meme more or less came from, uh, and it started. There was also a far leftist movement, far leftist sort of libertarian movement, the anonymous movement, that uh, the hack movement that came out of it in 2008. When it was sort of the same group of, of idle young men or a similar group were like, "Oh well, we're gonna, we want to start a political coalition on the on the far uh, on the far left." Mm-hmm. Um, out of the sort of hacker or uh, hacker and troll collectives, um, so yeah, it, it was this very peculiar place that um, was sort of known as the as like a, a dark, uh, weird underbelly of the internet that where a lot of where a lot of the internet's culture also came from.
0: Right, uh, that's something I find extremely interesting that I actually had no idea about. I didn't know that Anonymous, the hacker group, was actually born out of 4chan. And that right. that sort of, I think, is something that doesn't – I have no place to put that in my brain because what I think of <laughs> – when I think of Fortune, I think of something extremely far right, which is how it is now and how it right. has been since I've known about it. So to learn that something that was far left actually came out of that, it almost speaks to the, the vacuum that was – it was just – to be sucked in by some kind of ideology – it was everyone, it seems like everyone was just so ready to be sucked in by something that far left, far right, it almost didn't matter. That's my reading of it, at least. So, but how does that work? Like, how does that go from this nihilistic point of view and then th- this sort of far left hacktivism thing coming out of it? And then how does that swing so hard to the right so fast?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's a bizarre story that, um, So uh, 4chan is founded in 2003. It quickly becomes this place where it's uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of idle young men kind of gathering there, uh, coalescing into trolling collectives and really more or less inventing meme culture. And so by 2007, um, they feel very powerful because this is um, memes are. Becoming this worldwide phenomenon they're being rid by the newspaper and sort of catching on everywhere their trolling collectives are like <laughs> very effective in the sense that they kind of pull these big pranks they get into news media um and they feel like oh well we're we're idle but we're very powerful right and so they kind of realize they have a lot of autonomy and they actually do have some power even though they had fortune was about dropping out and sort of this idea that, oh, we're just, we have we're powerless. So we're going to drop out and live on, our lives on the internet. Right. And so collective, they found collective power that way. Um, and that more or less out of, uh, it was first a joke. It was first a prank, this idea that they were this hacktivist collective, but then the mask became the face and mm-hmm. they became a real hacktivist collective. Um, and it was really born out of this groping for, yeah, a value system. Like, cause you can't really be a nihilist for that long. You can't. Like, you just can't live in that vacuum forever. Right. Um, And um, that movement really took off 2008, or really 2011. It started in 2008. And then by 2012, 2013, the the FBI took notice. It was shattered. A lot of the main principal players got arrested. So then there was another vacuum um, after a lot of that movement broke. Um, So what happened was another group of young men Um, who were now just coming of age, who were 15, 16, 17, 18, were sort of more hopeless, more immersed in screen worlds and nihilistic despair and sort of otaku culture. Like every time 4chan thought, oh, we can't get even more depraved. We can't get even worse. We can't get even more sort of like dropped out uh, and obsessive over like how antisocial we're going to be. But it just kept happening. And particularly after Anonymous um, dissolved, it was sort of a moral vacuum there that uh, the people that had done that were gone or had left to go to other sites. And what was left were older men who uh, were maybe 35 or something and who had been on 4chan for 10 years, miserable, and their lives hadn't changed much. And then a new group of young people who felt very despairing and even worse. So that was the new group that then formed the alt right, where they're like, well, we, we still can't stay nihilists. We right. need something else to get us out of this situation.
0: I'm I'm interested in how this sort of foundation, the the possibility of this to sort of spring up in the first place seems important to to the whole story. And you talk about that a bit in in the book. This sort of I, uh, the, what my reading of it is sort of like, you know, you talk about a lot about uh, fascism and where it really comes from. And Hannah Arendt, you, you talk about her a lot. And and it, there's this thing that I kept thinking about, which was this otaku culture, which is a Japanese term, which uh, we can define in a minute, but the the, the sort of the uh, the foundation of that sort of being primed, the pump being primed here in America for that sort of culture, I think was is was also something that was a bit of a surprise. Just even the idea that there's this almost subculture, subclass of people and so many of them with such a specific attitude about life at the moment, even just that that foundation, I think, was was a bit of a of a head scratcher for me when it started to bubble up and become a thing. Uh, and 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 I think to to, to sort of talk about how, because you mentioned you know the nihilism, uh, sort of gassing out, and right. also the, the 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 teenagers who had been on the site sort of now as older sort of angrier men Um, right? to to just talk a little bit about that, like that bed that was already here, even with or without fortune. Cause I feel like fortune was the, the match on, on, on the kindling, but there was already the kindling ready for this kind of thing in this place kind of place for people to gather.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, So I guess I, I, as I wrote about a little bit in the book and the original essay, I, but like I was sort of one of the demographic of the older men in the sense that I was on fortune early reading it um, in my idle time. But also um, statistically, I was just one of those men that um, I'm about I'm 30, oh, 39 now um, uh, that after 2008 crash, I just really didn't find a job. And like uh, there was sort of like many years where I just wasn't making any money and it was like easier to just sort of drop out of life. Mm-hmm. And statistically, that is a that is sort of like a group of people. Um set in a larger group of young people who have those same problems with finding an adequate job or like high rents, not being able to move out of your parents' house or not being able to save money and having educational debt and not getting health insurance, all of that stuff. Right. Um, so that, you know, that created a lot of angry idle men. Yeah. So I write about like the, the uh, Kessler who, who started, uh, who started the unite the, the right, rally that became the massacre the 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 fascist massacre at charlottesville he was like at occupy wall street he was a little unhinged sort of had his own social problems but um there were a lot of people that were kind of first had tried the left Mm -hmm. and then for whatever reason they got they were still angry and disenchanted and then they uh moved to these these uh naive fantasies of fascism on the right Right. um and then there were these younger people so i write about brennan the founder of Mm -hmm. hn um, who just had a really hard life, but he he found other people on the internet um, who were about his age who had also dropped out and were on the chans um, and who were also really felt like together on the chans they were convincing themselves that they were doomed to be losers forever. And that was the incel movement, but there were similar movements around it that also started on 4chan where really they're just like, we're going to be otaku, we're going to be dropped out people forever were doomed to be on the bottom of this like social Darwinian hierarchy. Um, so really sort of like a group think of despair. Right. Um, so the new group of people like Brennan was working, uh, he, he, has disabilities and, um, he was in foster care, but he was working when he finally sort of got a, like a, a modicum, like a scrap of independence. He was working as a mechanical Turk for Amazon, like making like, you know, pennies on the dollar, uh, but scrabbling by, and before he found it, Chan and was the center of this incel movement, which then A-Chan then became the center of uh, the, the far right. Uh, he, he his his role was advising other young men on how they could make at least enough money on as a mecha- as like a, on, in the gig economy before it was even called that on Amazon's Mechanical Turk. That was sort of what he was known for. Uh-huh. So it it was really like. Uh, it it really kind of set the stage where there was all these people who were like deeply unhappy with society and society wasn't really fulfilling their needs for them. Uh, But they were also immersed in this uh, bizarre escapism that was all this consumerist escapism. Uh, Yeah. And so it coalesced, you're right around fortune and other places, right? Like other places online and and offline as well.
0: And so, okay. To me, it's like, there's the, there's the, there's the anger of these people and then there's just the 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 simple fact of having too much time on their hands right and so it's this and then and then along comes this place where they can sort of gather and it can what i find interesting is the escalation of the of the sort of um repulsiveness of some of the things that are going on there i mean you uh, over the years you sort of track uh this idea of like uh all that stuff about N hero and, and all that shit about the suicide stuff. And then you, in the book, you there's this one story that you have that is it, it's 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 so fucked up to me, but, but I also think that it's this, it's this, this window into like really getting your bearings on the kind of mindset that you're among if, on a site like this. I mean, there there's the, there's that passage about the kid who, in a on a live stream was going to commit suicide and lit his room on fire for everyone to see and you quote some of the users and the attitude of it it it, it's almost the only way i can understand it it's almost like their minds are so desensitized that they don't understand that this is a real death but but i think i'm i might be wrong about that in that i think i might be I I think they just might not give a shit about someone watching someone die. They might actually understand right. the implications but just not give a shit or cheer it on. I mean there's in this open embrace of of this like less-than-ness or the the beta-ness thing. I feel right. like that is like a gateway towards them sort of accepting a certain kind of attitude towards things that is so twisted and fucked up, you know. Uh and, that escalation of 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 the of the sickness I guess of the stuff on the site um it it speaks to like that that I don't know you tell me which do you know which one it is like is it this sort of desensitization or is it this knowing embrace of of that sort of darkness you know what i mean
1: well i think they're both right i i think certainly you're right on both counts that there's a desensitization desensit- um and also a numbness and, and uh, uh, a callousness that comes with to that, where they don't care. And this idea that you're referencing like this, which came along with the incel movement in 2013 and 2014, this idea of being a beta male, where in their group think they were all convincing themselves that the world was divided into this social Darwinian hierarchy. And there were alpha males and alpha people who were successful, who were out there living life outdoors, making money um, achieving romantic success. And then there was them, the beta males who had nothing. Um, and they were, of course it was a wrong. It was totally naive that they, uh, in their isolation, they were convincing themselves. And when I spoke to other people who were caught up in this, they described how they had to be cruel to one another because they thought in their believing this idea of social Darwinian hierarchy, they thought, Oh, in order to be an alpha male, you have to be cruel even though they knew they were doomed to be beta so they were just actually even in their solidarity with each other they were being very mean to one another yeah um, and that was wrapped up in that in this slow desensitization that was happening with consuming all of this escapist media because the fantasies that they were consuming to replace real sensations so they were so sad that they were they're powerless so they consume bloody action movies which are power fantasies Mm -hmm. uh it's an old cell right everyone does that to some extent but they were doing it constantly or they were romantically unsuccessful so the other fantasy they were consuming in anime and movies and stuff was a romantic fantasy of of seducing women Uh, and as 10 years passes that just gets more, as, and it gets more unsatisfying because it ultimately is. It just gets more and more depraved every time they repeat it over and over. So mm-hmm. to feel something that just gets worse and worse. So yeah, as you're describing, like then by 2012, I like, get the incident you mentioned was that, yeah, there was a guy who was like, I'm going to kill myself online. Uh, I'm going to live stream. And everyone's like, everyone celebrated on 4chan. right? And then they watched him set himself on fire. He survived. And then they made jokes about it afterwards that he, in fact, like got rescued, but they watched him set his room on fire. And this has expanded. So as the book came out, there were a series of 4chan and 8chan-related alt-right fascist shootings, all copycats of the shooting first in Christchurch, New Zealand, which was also an 8chan fascist shooting. Mm. Um, and it was similar. They all referenced these older Chan memes about... Well, if I'm going to kill myself and, and I guess kill other people in the bargain now, I'm going I'm to display, I'm going to live stream it for you. And that's what happened. The, all of these young men tried to live stream their, their massacres. And it, it has this Chan tradition of, of memes that goes back to, to like this incident, and even further back when they were celebrating suicide in their nihilistic despair in like 2005.
0: Right. It's just this constant escalation from one to the next, to the next. And then it spills out into the real world to the point that people are actually killing people and live streaming it.
1: Right. And emulating the like fantasy, the screen fantasy. So right. they they right. They're consuming all these action movies as power fantasies. But of course, it's incredibly un- doesn't doesn't actually make you feel better. It makes you feel worse. It's right. sort of like scratching a mosquito bite. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that's the end result that they try and create their own screen action film in there sort of like the the worst ones do the most unhinged ones of
0: right just to interject real quick i mean we haven't talked about this yet but it is a major part of the culture and it's very i mean there's no way to under to overstate this very anti-woman and there's oh, yeah there's i i mean it it that sort of goes i think with the alt-right in people's minds in general but but some of the shit you talk about in the book it's like it's fucking unbelievable how anti-woman some of these some of this shit is or all of it really i mean the whole culture as you pointed out it sort of dovetails with insult and, and 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 that just in general i mean what i think right. naturally these kind of things go hand in hand a bit but i I think it is worth specifically talking about how much this is just by rule not a place for women right?
1: Right. Um, it was always, Fortune was always like that. It was always deeply male and deeply misogynistic. Um, but as uh, it got worse, the misogyny also got worse, um, rankling into this incel culture, which was deeply resented women as something that w- that um, these young men felt like they could never have. They could never have romantic success. So it just became sour grapes. It became this sort of deep hatred of uh, of all women. Right. And that's weirdly enough the core of the alt right the alt right as I document in the book uh came from Gamergate which was this misogynistic uh harassment campaign of a female video game creator in 2014 that exploded off 4chan into this weird online phenomenon. Um and that was the time when all of these incels and people who identified as beta males on 4chan or um NEETs, not in education uh or training or employment or training. So people who are outsiders, um they formed into a political block. After Gamergate, that was 2014, they realized, oh, we have the same interests. We all are kind of kind of the same. Uh, we have the same problems and we all hate women. Uh, and by and by 2015, the people that had led not led gamergate but really profited off it off youtube like mike cernovich and milo yiannopoulos uh as bloggers and vloggers uh they became the the place that the alt-right crystallized, the people that the alt-right crystallized around so it was just this direct line
0: right so it coalesces with gamergate and then it becomes sort of a a cohesive unit or mindset or or something like that uh from which the alt-right is really sort of focused moving forward right
1: Right. Because the young men all have the same problem, uh, more or less, which is that they feel like they're outsiders, deeply declassed people who are really on the margins or totally outside of society. And they feel degraded and humiliated. Um, And that's more or less why this fascist they cling to fascist thinking, because it gives them some sense of uh, solidarity and belonging, even though they're totally alienated. Um, and they're and they're humiliated so they they want to feel some sort of sense of pride um and they also feel like uh yeah like as i said a, a little earlier Br- brandon described this too but a, a lot of the, the far right people i talked to that they felt like all of this sitting in their mom's basement on the internet consuming stuff was they didn't want that sort of dissipated nihilism um they they felt like they needed uh, a way to pull themselves up by their bootstraps so like adhering to this hyper-traditionalism which fascism um uh obsesses over uh, uh they adored this idea so they thought oh okay well we'll uh we uh, i'll i'll uh swear off pornography i'll swear off all of this i'll start uh weightlifting or whatever i'll start kind of living this hyper traditional life and that will give me these guidelines to live my life because for 10 years i've been spinning my wheels outside of society um it's so very bizarre, but uh, but if you kind of look at the demographic, you find you see why these weird ideals appealed to them.
0: Yeah, the nihilism sort of becoming stale and spilling over into this far far right ideology does make sense when you think about nihilism being born from this sort of well, I I, I have no prospects, I have no job, I have no money, I'm I'm this sort of uh, I'm at the bottom of the hierarchy, and I have no woman. Because that ideology right. over there, way on the far right, is sort of hearkening to this to this era, not so indirectly, sometimes very directly, when it was – I mean, I, we haven't even gotten to the race part yet, but I, I think predominantly these men are white too. So it's this idea right. of, well, if, if I sort of can work my way into this ideology, then that would mean – You know, more likely to get a job, more likely to get a woman, regardless of the means. It's like those are the – that's the sort of framework where where they see a path to those things, you know, whereas I think on the left it's this freer idea of everybody sort of – in the mind of of, of them, it's like the rigidity of it brings them things that they lack naturally. And I think that that sort of makes sense when you think of it like that, you know. Yeah, I think
1: they—that's how they imagined it. To me, I—I would—I thought that it would. To me, it seemed that it would bring them self-control in a sense,
0: yeah, um, right, right,
1: and a sort of a, a ready-made off-the-rack suit of values. And the irony was that, of course, if you become a, a dyed-in-the-wool fascist, it's much harder, probably, to get at least if you're out as a fascist. Right, you're it's just going to isolate you further. You're not going to get women, or, or you're not the fan. The fascist fantasy is that they'll that they'll be, these outsiders will, will become to the center of society, they'll join the middle of society and not be outsiders anymore. But if the opposite happens, that of course, it just marginalizes them further because a lot of them are naive or isolated because they've spent 10 years on the Internet, or maybe naturally they're, uh, a lot of them have those predilections anyway. But yeah, it, 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 it usually doesn't help in a sense. Right. And I guess the other component there is that comparing it to the left, there's this cruelty where it, because they're on the bottom, they're convinced that that human beings and society uh, is this sort of cruel-minded social Darwinian mm-hmm. contest uh, that that is bloody and cruel, and it's about one person one-upping the other person, kind of like in a video game as well. Just very naive. It's it's not how people are, the world really works, but. They're convinced of it because they feel like they're they've been really bullied by it or they're placed on the bottom of it. So it's a very cruel-minded idea. Um and it also forms that, that core fascism of, of like authoritarianism and that like of power politics and the idea that, well, the only way I'm gonna get to the top is by displacing this other group right. that's usurped my place on the power pyramid. Um and yeah, of course the left has <laughs> a more sophisticated idea, which is that <laughs> if everyone forms a coalition you're very powerful and and together actually in solidarity uh (laughs) like you can wrest power from the small group of people that uh have most of it rather than sort of aligning your interests
0: with those people right yeah it's interesting that you point out the fact that expressing these ideas out in the world is only going to marginalize you further which sort of creates more of uh it's almost like it, it just – it becomes a self-perpetuating thing by the more you become entrenched in this ideology, the less likely you are really to kind of get out of your station really. And then it just sort of grows and grows and grows and grows and grows.
1: Yeah, right. I, you saw it a lot in the the fascist shooters that – the New Zealand shooter in his manifesto and, and the other ones as well. Some of them were naïve – copycat like young men who had just sort of been brainwashed by the chans but there's sort of this idea that oh well um i there's still that even when they adopt the fascism there's still this vestige of uh cruel-minded despairing nihilism ironic nihilism that they're like well i know that they they both hold this fantasy in their in their mind that one day They'll join the center of society when when modernism gets wiped away and the new fascist authoritarian system is put in place. They'll be there. But they also know that's some absurd Internet fantasy that's never going to be real. Right. Um, And yeah, and and that just rankles back into where they were in the first place, which is this ironic, nihilistic despair that convinces them they should just still be on their computer hiding away.
0: Right. You you mentioned a word that I kept thinking about uh, when I was reading your book, which is bully. And I their sense is that they've been bullied by society and and put at the bottom of the totem pole by these sort of unfair forces uh, but they're they are the they're textbook bullies and it's interesting right. to bemoan being bullied and then to turn right. around and be a much bigger much more on your face bully than anything that you're accusing of bullying you it's like it's like bullying to the point of playground bully shit like they are childish bullies on that on 4chan right i mean yeah right this is like classic human nature right that the
1: the abused becomes the abuser or sort of this in this contradiction that there there's some unity in there where yeah i mean who is the troll? Like, is the troll the person that is spending all their time harassing young girls online or, or making someone's life miserable? Are you, does that, is that person like, if you were just to hazard a guess, would they be happy? Are they a happy, <laughs> do they have like a, right? Do they have a wife and kids and like an upper middle class job? No, right? There's right. no prospects in their life, right? They're pretty hopeless and despairing themselves, which is why they're devoting their time to something that it's like even in the cruelty, like even like the little like jolt of the dopamine, maybe they get when this happens online. Like then it, it when it dissipates, they must be even more miserable. Yeah. It's probably not a fulfilling activity. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really just this, another expression of despair and they feel like it flips constantly where they're, they want to be cruel and they feel like, well, I'm cruel. Therefore I'm cruel because yeah, I've gotten such an unfair shake. That's why I want to be cruel. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean it's it's ridiculous. And it, it definitely speaks to I mean, to to me it, it speaks to this like a lot of times when these these are discussed and this idea is like, oh well, we should have designed the internet better, the network's better, like it's just inherent that the net, that the internet is gonna be this way. We've have free speech, it's gonna have all these jerks everywhere. But to me it's like graffiti on an underpass or something where it's like it really just kind of speaks to the other societal forces that are creating it right that if you have a bunch of unhappy people in america in 2020 now 2019 um uh, and then that's what's gonna the internet's this blank slate so that's what's just gonna bubble up on the internet that it, it, this it's not like the internet it's not like we had this problem it was different in 2000 it, it 2000 or 2010 or whatever yeah uh, there's a reason why it's bubbling up now that is outside of the internet
0: right so you're saying and i think this is important and super interesting it's it's not the internet that that's internet that's creating this the internet is creating a a, a mirror to what's going on and what the internet is doing is allowing these people to sort of congregate and 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 Metastasize, you could argue, but it's not the internet that's creating this kind of behavior. The behavior exists, and the internet is just allowing us or whoever is like this to express it and to congregate and to sort of act it out in uh, in the world, really.
1: Right. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yes. Yeah. Um... Uh, that's my argument, at least.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, that's super interesting. Uh, now that we've mentioned the word bully, though, I think it's time to bring up the sort of where your book ends up, which is sort of in Trump land. Uh, right. Um, I the 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 commonality that I think just jumps out when you, when one thinks of a message board site like 4chan or 8chan, and just sort of the Trump way is the troll thing. Uh, but right. you sort of present this really linear kind of history of the dovetailing of this of this sort of four chan, eight chan uh, mentality and moment, and also the the Trump moment. So, can you talk about that a little bit? The sort of the 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 those two sort of converging that convergence there.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, Gamergate peters out around 2015. Uh, and this co- But the coalition still exists, um, and that's m- when Trump begins his campaign. So it's actually very quickly that uh, there's a lot of direct links. Um, so that's when figures like uh, Cernovich, who was a Gamer Gator, uh, switched to Trump, and also Yiannopoulos uh, switched to Trump. And Yiannopoulos was working for Breitbart um, at the time, and Breitbart was run by Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon, we now know, was sort of informally advising Trump and then formally, um, so there was this direct link to Trump's campaign. Bannon saw this very uh, clearly, and uh, he has these quotes where he says, oh, they come in through Gamergate, and uh, then they get turned on to Trump. Um, So he spent a lot of money um, mobilizing through Yiannopoulos, mobilizing this coalition uh, for Trump. And yeah, as you say, Trump uncannily mirrored a lot of this new coalition of angry idle young men, youngish men, kind of under 40 ish, down to their teens. Um, he was both this ironic, cheesy, silly media figure, pop culture figure that was like a meme unto himself, a, a creature of the screen who was uh, silly. Um, but he was also um, this outsider. Who was also a bullying uh, projected the idea in his insecurity that he was a bullying alpha male. Um, that uh, so he was sort of both the alpha male and the beta male. He was this outsider with his he looked ridiculous with his face pressed up against the glass, wanting to be inside, wanting to be an insider, angry that everyone uh, didn't accept him as an insider. Uh, and this appealed deeply to these self-proclaimed betas of on 4chan. and and trump also represented the wrecking ball this idea that he would really wipe away he would be he would not only spit in the face of all these arrogant coastal elites but he would he would create something totally new and so the people who had nothing they're like that's fine that's exactly what i want the more destruction he causes whether it's totally nihilistic and and it just harms other people or it helps me it doesn't matter because i have nothing um right so all this Combination of things um, really enamored this group to Trump. Um, though uh, after 2016, 2017, it's been split. They um, some have become disenchanted with him. Others are on the chance, and this coalition are still adherents. Others have become died in the wool fascists, and they're just looking to see who will kind of push the. Uh, uh the fascist agenda forward, whether it be Trump or other people. Um but during 2016 and during uh during the campaign, it really aligned itself uh with Trump and, and uh helped him
0: get elected in various ways. And and regardless of the sort of the amount of people who are engaging on 4chan or HN directly, there's still I think what's intre- what what uh, what I cuz when I think of I think of well how many people are re- really even on there engaging directly with these message board sites but and regardless of what the answer is it could be a very very lot it could be not that many but but they the the meme culture aspect and the and how locked into the internet they are they're still driving a very particular strain of the conversation regardless of their number really I mean I I don't know but how you mentioned, I think the numbers at uh, uh, various points on the 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 the, u- the unique visits to sites like this, and, and it it gets way way up there. But even beyond the number of people who are actively engaging, um, they're still the they're driving so much of the conversation. So I think that what I I think that sort of gets lost in, in 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 my mind and when i when i read the book i'm really reminded of the fact that the their the, the meme culture they're creating is 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 to use a to use um metaphor i used before it's just like it's it's the match on the kindling that they they can accelerate so much so fast i mean you talk about the the exponential sort of the blowing up of the 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 pepe meme that frog thing, right uh right and that's sort of they sort of wrangle that and push it and make sure that that becomes this icon of them. Um, And, and, and it's interesting how much of the conversation they're, they're sort of driving with these, these sort of hacker troll tactics really.
1: Right. Yeah. Particularly in 2016 or during the election year, um, you're very right that they, it was unclear. I got this question a lot. They're like, well, how many of them voted? And
0: who knows? Right, right. <laughs> like they're exactly. anonymous. And, exactly.
1: um, uh, and then how much, and it's hard to quantify this cultural impact, but it really felt that they were this avant-garde sort of creative tip of the spear for the Trump campaign, where they were generating all of these memes, which were then uh, getting spit out into the culture. Uh, and it became these cultural points where they co-opt Pepe the frog who before we had just symbolized being a lo- sad loser on the internet He came from fortune. Uh, well not originally, but popularized by fortune. I mean, um, and then we have these cultural moments where the uh, neo-Nazi Richard Spencer on the day of Trump's inauguration is pointing to his Pepe frog pin, about to explain it. And then he gets punched by antifa. Right. And so it's like, it's like, uh, oh, for whatever reason, these, these cultural creations become one of these like secret underpinnings or one of these undergirders of the cultural conversation around these topics. Right. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, unc- and I think that that's still the case. Um, so much has changed. It's just it's so dynamic Yeah. in the past few years that, uh, HN is gone now right it got shut down because of these fascist massacres that were then occurring on hn that was the next evolution that they were so despairing and possibly because they were disappointed in trump uh but just because obviously their fantasies of what they thought would happen were deeply naive that the next phase really became this set of uh, of terrorist acts and now 4chan still exists but it, it i don't think it has the cultural power it did in 2016 if anything i think it's slowly deflating um maybe the exception being that the well the q well, the QAnon stuff has also left both 4chan and 8chan um so we'll see kind of going into the future whether it, it is as powerful but the alt-right as a coalition this idea that there is a fascist youth movement in the united states now mm-hmm. um which is just uh in any significant way never really existed um before um you know that that's not going away in in some ways there it's it's uh at least for the time being here to stay um and yeah we'll see how how it changes it's definitely going to mutate it's just kind of hard to say how
0: so what is the state of this sort of uh I don't even know if I guess subculture, what, where is, is it centralized in any way now? Because as you mentioned, it has gone uh, now. Right. Um, so, and that was after the El Paso shootings, right? That was when it sort of became right. untenable and then it sort of dissolved and went away. And now what, what is, what is it now? Where, where, where is this conversation happening? Cause the truth is, I think for me, it's like the conversation's obviously bad, but uh, it's it might the argument is is tricky for me because I don't know which one I think is it is it do I want to get rid of it or do I want to know exactly where it is so we can we can know exactly what these people are thinking and talking about you know what I mean like is it better to have it then be underground in communication with themselves out of the view of anyone or is it better to have them centralized at a place like HN where we can fucking see it you know right i'm torn (laughs) i don't know what what to think you know
1: right i i do imagine that the police and 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 the uh, other services uh, like that were monitoring these sites um and i i'm i think it was good that hm was shut down that what it was doing um, like the the copycat shooter in Poway, California, who shot up the Tree of Life Synagogue, right. he was like 22, and in his manifesto, he was discussing how he hadn't been there long, right? But it was just obvious, or it's it seemed from what we knew that he was brainwashed, just a naive little like kid that for some reason became this horrible, unhinged, murdering terrorist. But it seemed clear that Achan had had a lot to do with it, right uh, that's because he said that explicitly uh, in his manifesto. Uh, so uh, to me it, it would it was good that for for bringing new young people into the movement it's uh it it was doing that, so it was I'm glad that it it's gone right right uh, and, and it was too licentious it w- it really was lawless that they really were letting anything go there. Um, hn is a, i mean fortune is a little more moderated it still exists so they could still go there um my discussion talking with people who were part of it um in 2016 who identified as fascists uh weirdly enough i, I this might just be the ones that i've talked too that they've a little like mellowed out a little like they haven't not become fascist but they're they're not like on 4chan all all the time they're just sort of like um they're they're not hardcore died in the world trumpers they're just uh still angry and they're still racist and fascist but they they haven't really found uh they're not like fired up over a new candidate or anything right. but they still exist um a lot of the i've and i've spoken to ones that have grown out of it so a lot of them kind of think oh it's a phase uh like oh i was there for a little while i got caught up in it i was kind of a sad young man of 28 or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> or 22 right um and now i grew out of it um uh so it did feel like sort of this phase a cultural moment in a sense but to me i suspect that since the underlying factors are still there that these young men are still in more or less the same position than that it'll coalesce somewhere else. Probably not 4 anymore. I, though every time I say that every, I think like I thought the story of fortune was over after anonymous. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, okay, right, right, right. not you're right. Nothing else. That was it. That was the story of 4 And then this other crazy thing happened out of nowhere. So it might be that, uh, it, something new and weird comes out of it in the next few
0: years. You mentioned some of the people that have left, Um, in your, I mean, you've, you've seen so many phases of this and so many types of people coming in and out. What, how, I mean, I, I guess the way to think of it is, is, is similar to like an ideology of a cult or like a drug, this idea of, you know, you get sucked in and then this becomes your mindset and then there's no way out. Uh, but, but I don't know how helpful that is ultimately to really think of it that way. Like what, you you describe some of these guys as saying it was a phase and they grew out of it but obviously that's just not true for some of them right. what is what is like the 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 likelihood of someone actually growing out of it without sort of a change in fortune because as you mentioned there's the 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 socioeconomic situations of these people are they're not those aren't changing. Trump, no Trump. It's still they're perceiving themselves and maybe in reality at the bottom of some kind of hierarchy that makes them angry. You know, right. so so what I'm assuming if they're not going to leave that station and if they might not ever come out of that. So, like, what is this prognosis here? Not that, you know, but like, what are we <laughs> right. looking at here? You know, right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't have a, a lot of data to work with. Just the people I, I spoke to, I, I don't know how that, how much that skews one way or the other. Right. To me, it feels like not so much, though, I think to some people it really was this brainwashing, this cult feeling that they were in. That's that's a typical description. But a lot a lot of times I hear, which I think is true of everyone who spent some years on the chance, was that it was just a shitty period in their life. It was, they're just like, this was a bad time in my life. Right. Um, and I think for some people it was that as well, that they were going through this dark period and they ended up doing this or sort of getting obsessed over this or spending a lot of four, time on 4chan convinced of these ideas. Um, and so maybe I'm an optimist, but to me, a lot of them were young or naive or mutable and, and just in their position too. They were like constantly in this identity crisis. They're so like, I, I need to get my life together, Yeah, which meant that, um, they were changing their minds all the time. So one of the weird things that happens is that the Chans, uh, like during this period when all of the ones that – were during this period when they, they started – all these terrorist acts started occurring that were, that were Chan-influenced, Chan, uh, uh-huh. the Chans also became – the pole and the, the fascist section of the Chans became enamored of Andrew Yang, And a lot of these young men were – there was a big split. And it's still there that a lot of them do now support Andrew Yang, who is uh, a socialist, you might argue, uh, for universal basic income. Uh, so huge, wild swing. But to I think a lot of these young men, they were like, oh, well, this solves my problem. Right. Um, a lot of them, some of them are like, oh, I'm going to I'm still a nihilist. I'm going to take the there's the red pill, which is the fascist pill. And then there's the black pill, which is the nihilist pill. And they said, I'm going to just use it to take the black pill. I'm just going to drop out spend my thousand dollars a month on playing video games and being dropped out. But I think other, other people were like, no, this is better than what Trump offered. So that, that to me is the underlying argument that I think actually, if the left could offer them a way in and sort of offer real, the left has much better solutions for them. Right. Um, And since they're young and, and be able to be influenced, it might, that would be the best way to break apart the movement.
0: There's this interesting thing about about the right now. I mean, just me growing up in my whole life really, I thought of this sort of punk my mentality as being sort of almost inherently naturally never not going to rise from the left. Right. Uh, but as, you know, Trumpism became a thing, punk now is is in our culture it's really aligned with the right, you know, and it's this weird, I think, allure for these angry young men who actually don't have an ideology. They just want to be punks. It's like, the it's like punk, there's like a direct, there's a direct line from the, from being punk to being a troll almost, you know, there's a very deeply similar thing, although I much prefer punks, but it's, it's similar, you know, it's this idea of like, that it's not about what Trump is 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 offering them so much as it is about his way the way he is the fact that he's a troll and he's just a big middle finger candidate that right. in itself is the appeal and and I think that that the, the they're they're like they're sliding all over ideology where you know at, at first you know it gave rise to anonymous and then became Uh, which was a far left thing and then became a far right thing. And now it's like some are being peeled off by someone like Andrew Yang is actually offering progressive ideas and is on the left. It just speaks to the fact that it really at its heart is it's kind of just about at the end of it all, it's just about the the middle finger, you know? And if you give them a reason to put it down like a thousand dollars a month, maybe they actually will but until then they're just fucking angry and they're going to align with the anger candidate you know
1: right yeah i've definitely seen like kids wear maga hats with these like big grins on their faces knowing that they're they're probably just defending everyone by wearing the hats it's um, so weird
0: yeah it's, <laughs> it's so true it's it i saw this video recently and it was this guy he was sitting in the front row of a plane and he was like he had a MAGA hat on and he's, and he's like giggling like he's just about to fucking own everybody on the plane. And then all he does is he turns his hat around. So Make America Great Again is facing the rest of the plane and he acts <laughs> like he fucking just owned them. And oh it's this God. weird thing where it's like the guy is the fucking president. How punk can you be <laughs> by having right. support for the person who was elected president? That's like right. it, it ru- seems to run counter to everything there could ever be <laughs> that's punk. Right. And right. yet he it's still true, you know, and I right. it's almost yeah, right. I, I almost wish the left could find that punkness again. So it has it right. on offer to say, well, actually, it's way more punk to be this way than it is to just wear the fucking hat that is representative of the guy who's actually president. It just it it, it doesn't make sense on a lot of levels, but it, I think underneath it all, it's this desire to just be a punk you know
1: right yeah i I tried to address that a little in the book with this idea that around uh 2012 or 2013 the left on the internet as well through tumblr now more or less defunct social media site uh took this turn towards hyper politeness where the last of that countercultural 60s which was very male themed about sort of i'm a man i'm going to do what i want and sort of like i'm trying to find my libertarian style freedom right um which was part of the counterculture movement movement of the 60s and, and the punk movement of the 70s uh by 2012 2013 this tumblr culture of being uh, hyper accommodating and polite uh to the extent that you ask people their their pronouns and their Um, and they have a certain vision of themselves and you want to make sure that you understand that vision and express it to them the way they want. Um, and it's very courtly almost, um, that broke the last of fortune. That was exactly when anonymous was disintegrating and and this new group of incels and self-proclaimed beta males on fortune was growing and they hate it. Tumblr, they, they, that it pushed them really far away from that left because they were so angry. They wanted to spit in someone's face. Right. Um, and uh yeah, they wanted uh something that was rebellious and that was um not polite at all um so it's curious, yeah I mean the yeah the other problem is cooptation that that uh uh corporations and so forth have eaten up all of these social movements, so sometimes you get uh the all of these leftist slogans then become mixed up with the establishment yeah and then. And then um you're kind of in this you're then the problem is created then right then it's totally uh you feel like oh you're you're just actually helping the establishment you're not you're not breaking it down
0: yeah you, uh, me- you mentioned in the book the the resentment sort of of the alliance of that uh, of minorities uh or or diversity diversity in general really uh, right and and uh corporations or and and sort of naturally the coastal elite and that is interesting because that it's almost like it's this weird fallout effect of the status quo seeming like it's aligned with the left. And if that's the case, then I have to be punk and on, and on the right, you know, it's this weird thing of like through their eyes, they're, they're seeing that alliance of globalism, diversity and corporate culture. as Um, a sign that they're the status quo and they're what sort of we can't, they can't be really. Right.
1: Yeah. And and certainly that's part of the right ideology that, yeah, they see that coziness and it's something the left notices when there's a gay pride parade and it's Facebook and, and like big banks coming out and you see those, those institutions, the most prominent people marching the parade and the left is like, Oh no, (laughs) like what, right? (laughs) who have we uh, gotten in bed with, um, <laughs> so to speak, right? Like, um, uh, yeah, so it's a danger. In the book, I call it a dangerous alignment that to be very careful about um, making sure that uh, the, ch- the change that the left is looking for is is radical change, that it really is not aligning itself with corporate interests or not asking some corporation, sort of beseeching them to make some sort of minor tweak to their products or or telling us that you know some giving us some minor accommodation um but really challenging the status quo in a rebellious fragmenting way thats something that seems dangerous to them right if it if they if they like the message the left is giving out that probably means that the left is not giving out the right message
0: <laughs> right i mean <laughs> right? what i look and like, at and i see that sort of a lot of, I think, that alliance is born out of corporations just being like, "Oh, that's a thing now. I'm going to co op that because it'll we'll make more money." You know, it's right. like it's like, "Oh, oh, uh, now we can actually now we can sell things to gay people." Uh, yeah, obviously we're going to do that. We don't give a fuck what they believe. We just want to make money. You know, and it it's right. this weird fucked up thing that I think some people actually on the left are are blind to. It's like. You want these corporations obviously to appeal to everybody, but they're also they, – they are actually being exploitative and, and it's not really noticed very often. But it is sort of biting us, if I can say us, on the left in the ass because it's, it's turning a large swath of people who actually don't have an ideology and, and, and they're running into this other ideology almost as a knee-jerk reaction. Uh, but really, all it is is a corporation saying, "We want to make more money," and that's it. Right. That's all it right. is. You know, it's not right. some it's not some political, social, cultural stance. All they want to do is have a new demographic that they can openly sell to.
1: Right. Yeah their their uh, motives are very nihilistic in a sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is like wherever the profit margin is. Yeah, that's exactly what they will. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what they will do. Yeah but then uh right there are unintended consequences
0: yeah and it's it just seems it seems just it it's just depressing to think of it that way because it's this it's again corporations are 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 well wow. To, to the short version is corporations just fucking it all up again in just a different and new and modern way, you know, <laughs> just driving people away from us, co-opting the shit that actually is meaningful, making it meaningless, right. and then sort of ruining other things in the process.
1: Right. Well, that's the fundamental problem of yeah, capitalism capitalism and co <laughs> yeah, so. right?
0: Right, which you trace yeah. the, in general. I mean, the counterculture of the 70s that was co-opted, uh, and then through the 90s that was then that was co-opted and then, you know, the the picture you paint, which I think is is an accurate one, is that by the early 2000s into 2010, there was n- there was no place to go that wasn't right. possible to to have be co-opted everything had been co-opted and you could actually look back and see evidence of that co-optation. And then it's like, well, we're going to actually be nothing. So you can't co opt nothing. You can't sell nothing, you know? Um, right. And so that's just another fucking unpleasant place. Co-optation brings us. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And you can, yeah, it's still, it's still the prevailing, even though I call it like nineties nihilism, which is, I guess, when it first started, like youth culture today, I still, it's like still the prevailing idea that sort of like frazzled because there's just so much junk and information coming at them and so i don't know i I feel like it's still a a prevailing attitude where people are just young people just like it doesn't matter i don't even know
0: yeah i mean (laughs) when i was reading your book i was struck with this realization that if i was young now like a teenager now i am pretty sure i'd be a complete nihilist i would (laughs) if i can if i if if I'm right in being able to access sort of my 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 the way that my brain worked back then, it I wouldn't have enough perspective to think, well, this is just another moment in time. The moment in time when you're that age, that's all of time because it's all you really know. And to look out at the world now, it just seems so topsy-turvy. There's information coming in all the time. None of it goes with the other information that's right behind it. And you're just right. like, well, what the – fuck like what is any <laughs> right. what is any of this what am i doing what does anything mean and it's right. it, it seems again you talk about we're talking about the 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 self-perpetuating thing it almost seems like it's 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 creating the situation for its own metastasization because you're just like well yeah now nihilism becomes a lot easier to adhere to in the face of not only all this nihilism but all this confusing shit that doesn't make sense you're just going to naturally lean that way or at least be more likely to you know uh right and so i think being a young person now is i don't know it's just fucking sounds terrifying
1: yeah. well i mean you can see why that it's it's deeply polarized and deeply radical where either there's not a lot of young centrists
0: right, right. yeah <laughs> so so the true, people yeah. who are
1: like we need to wipe it all away and and start uh, a system that's more fair and just and that like addresses climate change uh that the the world's going to end right like yeah. these sort of things uh or they become fascist that they're still all that for that same reason because they're in that exact same position of this unhappy nihilism uh they tend they say oh well Uh, modern society was a mistake. We need to wipe it away and create authoritarian traditionalism
0: or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, I think people, myself included, on the left think of well, young people seem to have it together when you know you see Greta and it's like they know what's up. They have like a mission and they're on the left. It's like it's it's obviously preferable than than the opposite than the inverse of that. But but is that even true? Is what someone like I am seeing. Is that an actual reflection of young people or is it is it is it sort of more evenly distributed where it's it's yes, they're likely – more likely to be extreme about their ideology, but they could be on left or right? Is there like any sort of – I think
1: that – well, to your point there, I think that's a fair point. You're like, well, how, how much do they have their shit together? How much do they right. understand? I do think that I was going to say the other thing that I think – if I were young today, I would be even more caught up in the elaborate labyrinths and maze and attention mazes that corporations have built for me and for young people more than I am now. Yeah. As, right. Like that more than ever, young people are born into this maze of addictive technology that totally outclasses them. Um, (laughs) that, uh, and, and in that is the messaging and the marketing, which was also outclassing us and me when I was a younger person, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's just grown even further. So there are more confusing labyrinths, more confusing dead ends that they're, they're probably, you know, they're, uh, the, the, the compared to like what to me, like what TV, how TV was addicting in the nineties or whatever, like, like how, apps are designed like these sharpened knives to just suck away your attention, whether it's like TikTok or Twitter or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then all of the political sentiments and all of these things get echoed into, into those places. Yeah. Um, where they're kind of lost just in the echo chamber. So to me there, I, it's great to see. I think you're, I think what you're saying is true that there's actually both. That There's a sort of this intense clarity where, uh, young people are like the world is going to end. In, yeah. Right, that we're gonna have this cry, this international world dominating crisis. Yeah, uh, if we don't rebuild, we don't do something very soon, sort of very clear that something very different needs to happen. And on the left, you're like, you just look at the person in power, like, how did someone who is the most immature and incompetent and incapable, h- how is our system functioning if that's the person right. who is at the top leading? Right, like, it's just very clear, yeah, um, in so many ways, but the other. But part of that clarity and dysfunction uh, of the dysfunction comes from these hy- this hyper complexity like rhizomic, I guess is the philosophical term for yeah. uh, all of this, right that um, that is trying to constantly entrap people and sort of confuse them in this weird. Uh, hall of mirrors and attention um and so yeah i think young people are struggling for that with that as well they're doing both at the same time maybe all of us are
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i wouldn't be surprised i mean i i shudder at the thought of being a young person now It just seems like not a good time to be like <laughs> no. 14 you know that would just right. be fucking that's too much to even think about
1: um, <laughs> maybe we've got it entirely wrong and they're just like just totally on, on,
0: I'm, I'm <laughs> on point. I <laughs> I so don't know that I w- I'm just as likely to believe that than I am my natural <laughs> inclination because it's hard to think about. I mean, I was what like the internet was really dial up. Like it was becoming a thing at all when I was like 12. And so right. my mind, like I have no frame of reference really at all of what it would be like to not only have what, what exists now at your fingertips, but also to have grown up from one year old or up to 14 with that technology in some form or another as well. Like I have no idea what that is even like. And so I'm, I feel like I, I could, I'm, I could believe anything because I'm so like, I don't fucking know. (laughs) Jeez. How the hell can I know? It's so impossible to access, you know? Yeah.
1: I, I feel the same way. I mean, I wrote in the book that I felt like that labyrinth that you're describing, I watched it grow up around me. Yeah, um, yeah, where the internet was not sharpened into this place that grabs your attention and, and competes for calibrating your value system every moment and uh, convinces you to do these things because if you do them, then some uh, large uh, company or software engineer is going to get a fraction of a penny the longer you spend on Snapchat or whatever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so like, totally. Like that's not what it was. Yep. Um, but and and the people most susceptible to that are young people. Yeah, um, and yeah, and a lot of the sort of inventions of the like roly-poly, freewheeling internet, which 4chan invented, like memes and things like that, and uh, they got wrapped up in all those attention-sucking apps that 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 target young people. Uh, so it's a it's a frightening online landscape. At least I hope they I hope pe- uh, young people are navigating it more that better than I would
0: expect. <laughs> yeah, the only thing to hope, I think, is. Uh... Just don't fall down, don't fall too far down any one rabbit hole. I think the, the one good <laughs> Go thing on the, the, the internet, you, you yeah, play. the good thing the internet does is that you actually can look up or read about anything, about anything, so at least there's ways <laughs> out of whatever rabbit hole you're down, so maybe consider like other the, rabbit holes if you're in one. You know. <laughs> that's right, that's a good,
1: like the flip side of the of like the ennui and the like information overload is that you can yeah. actually just go shallowly down each rabbit hole, yeah, exactly, and not get not get to uh not tum- not tumble down one yeah. Like that. yeah,
0: and maybe <laughs> maybe recognize the absurdity of them all or the similarity really ultimately of them all rabbit holes are rabbit right hole, you know? um <laughs> all right cool well i've 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 had you for over the amount of time I said I would I appreciate your time, is there anything else uh you want to mention or talk about? I mean, I know you have your book that we mentioned but oh. you can plug it now uh, uh yeah, yeah you
1: guys buy my book it came from something awful how a toxic troll army accidentally memed donald trump into office um it's uh the worst of the internet collect it in book form <laughs> uh, um i know that uh, this is great uh, yeah. a great questions so i really enjoyed the conversation yeah, uh, i really good. appreciate you having me
0: so did i and the book for everyone who's listening is genuinely genuinely great and thank you dale for being a guest on the show thank you for writing it and yeah uh thanks for your time yeah thanks so much